Hey guys, this is Kyle Long and I am chasing birdies as we all are. Hello world and welcome back to another episode of Chasing Birdies and we are coming at you here from Ireland today. My man, it's been a good one, huh? Vlad, it's been a great one. Um, we swung the skinny sticks around the island, which Ireland is an island, if you didn't know. Um, I didn't, we I didn't. are having a fabulous time. We have a couple more days here in the island, and I am so excited. I do want to say this episode is brought to you by Lynx Brewing. Make sure you go check them out at lynxbrewing.com. Uh, they have an incredible array of uh, beers. Most importantly, they have the Chase and Birdies Blondale, uh, which, funny enough, we've seen some blondes around Ireland, eh, bud? Yeah, boys. I'll tell you what, except the only difference is apparently the Guinness is, is the lighter of the beers, and uh, we have been pounding some of those. But it's been incredible. You know, speaking of Lynx Brewing, we've been playing these Lynx courses. We started with Port Stewart or Stuart, however they say it over here, Royal Port Rush, Royal County down today with you, my man. And that was fucking brutal. It was um, the hardest golf course that I have ever tried to play. I didn't even play it. I tried to play it. We were both on 90 watch there for for a lot of the round, man. And um, mm-hmm. and you looked at me, Jonathan looked at me, everybody, through four holes, and he's like, this really isn't that hard of a course right now. And I'm like, bud, I know the opening hole is an easy par five, but two, three, and four, all you can handle. And then the rest of the course, people, it will just eat you. Oh, my God. The wind was whipping. I've never played a wind. Dude, one fairway I hit in 18 holes. I, yeah, I, that that's one. my best my best club. I literally was trying everything to hit it as far left, let it go, and then it would go further right. Um, mm-hmm. It's just the conditions. And what, what this whole experience has brought to my eyes is they're so good. The people that play in the you know in the Port Russia or the the Irish Irish Open or you know whatever mm-hmm. event and the they Open Championship, the bar, they're incredible. Yeah, yeah, and hats but off to the Open Smith. Championship, Bud. Tell us a little about it, your boy. Yeah, it's been it's been fun for me. You know, I, I'm a big Cam Smith fan, and had a couple horses in the race uh, this past weekend uh, at the Open Championship. Fortunately for me, I threw a nice stack there on Cam Smith, twenty-one to one. And my man finally got it done. So hats off to you, my man. So um, my question to you is, do you think that he will answer your direct message now? Like, or is that further down the list now? No. Yeah, it's further down the list. But, you know, maybe at some point down the road, we can get George, our, our, our old buddy George Burge's boys with Cam Smith. So maybe he'll pass along the message from the uh, Chase and Birdie boys. But you know what? It, it, it's it's all good. I'm happy to see it. I think he has a great great game and a, and hopefully he has a good career ahead of him. But um, getting back There's to rumors. Ireland talk, and we'll get into it more. There's rumors about there old Cammy Smith and and Leishman going to the Live Tour. So hey, get the money while you can. Which I, I'm I'm starting to get a little eh, whatever you do you. But these guys that are telling us that oh it makes their life easier ten events yet then they're going to join the you know the Asian Tour where they have to travel around the mm-hmm. world. It's just, you, you just, just tell us it's for the money. That's all it is. It's that's for it, the man. money. That's all it is. That's it, it babe. That's all it is. I totally agree. Fine. Speaking of a little Ireland talk last night, we go to the pub, we have a couple pints, we're all sitting around listening to this guy play Irish versions of country music, and um, guy walking around in pink shirt, pink pants, bumps into Pep, 
Nothing happens. Pep's telling me about this cat bumping into him. Comes over to me, bumps into me, and all I said was, I'm sorry. I thought I hit into him. And the guy jumps down my throat. Almost got into a little brawl last night. Good thing I had the boys around me because uh, it would have been a dicey one for me, but I'm smarter than that not to do that in another country. That is a long shot for me to get home. Speaking yeah, of but, long uh, shot. Uh, yeah, I thought we were going to get into a little bit of a tussle, but hey. It is what it is, my man. I'm happy to be here with you. Speaking of long shot, though, we got Mr. Kyle Long today on the podcast. Former Chicago Bear joins us, and dude, how good is he? Dude, blast. I, I can't wait to meet the guy in person and play some golf with him and and talk a little X's and O's on the, on the old football field, bud. Yeah, I'll tell you what, he's really taking up golf. He's got a nice... Uh, Deal going with CBS Sports and, um, you know, former football players. So, great episode. And Kyle is a man's man. That's all I can say. So, why don't we just roll it on over to the episode. Kyle Long, let's go chasing with him. As you all know by now, Chasing Birdies is proud to be partners with Holderness and Bourne. Check them out online at hbgolf.com. Holderness and Bourne makes fabulous pieces that help you look good on the course, even if your game is not up to par. Check out their new arrivals now for this golf season. Also, head on over to ChasingBirdies.com to get some custom Chasing Birdie gear from Holderness and Bourne. We'll continue to drop these pieces through every season. That's ChasingBirdies.com and Holderness and Bourne at HBGolf.com. All right, y'all, we're back here for another episode of Chasing Birdies. And today, our guest, you may see him on the Green Light Pod. Green Light Pod, right, Kyle? Green Light Podcast, yep. Former Chicago Bear offensive lineman, Kyle Long. My man. Thank you for having me. I, I jumped at the opportunity to do something golf related that I won't lose golf balls doing. So this is going to be <laughs> yeah. fun. And, yeah, uh, that's great. Yeah. Well, that's just it, man. It's like we, we talk about this podcast and when Jonathan and I were, you know, coming up with this whole idea, it's like we could talk to you. You don't know us from Dick right now. And the bottom line is this. We both have a love for golf and yeah. you played professional football. You're into all your other things you do. But golf will tie us together, which mm-hmm. we were just talking about before we got on here. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's one of those things like uh, fishing or hunting or even you look around the country, people enjoy jogging or road biking, like cycling with the tight outfits and stuff. That's a fraternity or a sorority that you have put yourself into. And you're kind of like, you're joining something bigger than yourself when you take up a hobby like golf. And we're all, we're all fighting against ourselves on a daily basis and our minds and our bodies and the course and whatever the weather There's is. There's so much shit that goes on there. That's I mean, the beauty of it. Oh my God. We had, well, you we had a former... Well, he wasn't a teammate of yours, but Brian Erlacher we had on, and he's into the cycling now. I mean, mm. my man says he just cycles so that he could drink Dr. Pepper all day. And that's why my dad says he rides the Stairmaster every day, because he likes to eat. And he says, I, I work out to eat. And as a kid, I didn't understand that. But guys like Erlacher and my dad show in their physique at whatever age they are that that does work, I guess. <laughs> yeah. No, it does. It does. No doubt about it. So you're coming from, you're hailing from Charlottesville, Virginia, which I love Charlottesville, Virginia. There is so much good golf there. I used to go there a lot growing up. Dr. Bob Rattel is a good friend of the show. Oh, gosh. And, the best. Uh, so, you know, did you go to high school in Charlottesville? Is that kind of where it all started for your football? 
Yeah, so my mom and dad were, but dad was playing with the Raiders uh, when the riots and the earthquakes were all happening in Los Angeles. And his folks are from the Charlestown, Mass area outside in Boston. My mom's family's from Jersey. Uh, she's a she's a beach kid. He wanted to go back somewhere East Coast, close enough but far enough. And we landed on Charlottesville, luckily enough, in 94 or whatever it was, 95. And I, I went from K through 12 in Charlottesville. My older brother went to University of Virginia. Um, our high school, you could hear the batting cage from history class, you know what I mean, like at UVA. So it was almost like we were kind of a feeder school for the University of Virginia. I didn't go there. I think I was kind of uh, blackballed from the university for my high school endeavors uh, on, on campus, which we won't talk about. Wait, no. Uh, but Charlottesville, great town. Nice. I belong to Farmington Country Club. Beautiful. Uh, my, my first job was range picker, and I set bunkers and rake. Or I, rep, I rake bunkers and set pins. And yeah, I, I didn't even golf at the time, but I got that side of golf before I got into the game. Yeah. And uh, it, it's pretty cool. We play at Birdwood a lot. Keswick's great. They've redone oh. it up there. Um, Rob McNamara is the new pro. He was at Farmington forever. So I used to go to Glenmore uh, a good bit to play over, yep. over over that side of town. But Farmington is incredible. I mean, you know, you didn't play the game back then, but we'll get into the golf side of things. So when you were in high school, obviously you got drafted coming out of high school for baseball. Yep. And did you all along kind of feel like, all right, football is my sport in college and, and I want to make a pro career out of this? Or is, did it kind of happen? Honestly, uh, I was baseball all the way, man. I was a left-handed pitcher, um, and I, I was I was good enough to have some success in high school and have opportunities in college, and I kind of pissed out my leg. I went down to Florida State. I joined Pike. Uh, I never made it to the oh. spring. I had a hell of a summer, a hell of a fall. I made friends. Okay, we'll get to this. I don't want to give it away, but one of my fraternity brothers invited me to a member guest this week at the Yellowstone Club, so I'm driving over there tomorrow oh um, from our summer home here in northwest Montana in an undisclosed lake. Um, but it's, it's you know, you mess up in life and there's always a silver lining, right? Like 12 years from now, you're fucking this up, Kyle, right now. But 12 years from now, you might get a phone call from somebody saying, <laughs> I saw you're in Montana and my guest dropped out. Would you like to come play? I look at my wife and she's like, oh, my God. Yes. So uh, Florida State baseball pissed down my leg there. I, I went to the West Coast. To, you know, I did the uh, I did the California sober thing and kind of got my life together. I went somewhere I didn't know anybody. I worked at Jack Surfboards on the peninsula in Newport Beach. You know, I was uh, fixing bearings and, and building boards for kids. And I got fired for smoking too many cigarettes. I remember that. And and I had to go back to junior college uh, when I got fired from my job because my parents were like, if you don't have a job, we're not going to support you at all. Um, and I said, shit, I better get back to school. So met the football coach, and uh, it just happened that I met him before I met the baseball coach, and that's how I got back into football seriously. So real quick, wow. high school you play football and baseball. Yep. Yep. You, you go to Florida State for baseball? Just for baseball, football? yeah. Okay, for, so just, for, just for baseball, you yep. meet somebody at a JUCO college, He's the head football coach, and he says, come on. He said, I'm the surf coach at Saddleback College. And I was like, sick. I met him at the surf shop, actually. Uh -huh. He's like, I'm the surf coach. What are you doing here? You're a big kid. And, and I was like, I was a football player in high school, but I just built skateboards now. And he was like, well, I also coach the football team, if you'd like to come out. And I went up there for summer conditioning, I remember, and I, I, lost, my, I lost my emotions in a, a basketball pickup game. 
And uh, I think they were trying the new guy and, and I didn't like it and I fired back. And I remember being so frustrated and embarrassed about it that I didn't come back the next day. And it turned into a week, it turned into a month. And then he got my phone number from somebody and he called me and he said, I understand what happened, you're a competitor, it happens. And, and the guy, Bo, can't wait to play with you in the fall. You know, kind of like you're coming back, right? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I'll be there, coach. Right. Um, and, I, and I went there and I rode the bench my first year because I didn't study the playbook. I, I went inside when I was supposed to go outside at defensive end, yada, yada, yada. Um, and I remember being like, dude, I'm the biggest, most athletic, meanest kid out here and I'm riding the bench. It's, it's my own damn fault, first off. It's kind of like golf, right? Like you did this to yourself. You did it off the tee box. Now you're, you're hitting three mm-hmm. uh, from the drop area and, and now you're behind the eight ball. And I did that to myself in life and it paid off when the second year the head coach said i'm also you know i'd love you to play offensive tackle um you'll be on the field every play i promise you that you'll be our left tackle and i had a good year and chip kelly saw me and chip kelly offered me and i had one year to prove it at oregon and i ended up at chicago from there so let me ask you something as you you know for a lot of people that don't know your father's howie long um was it frustrating as a 19 year old 20 year old that you know, my dad was so successful in his career and, and I'm sitting here on the bench. And that just shows that you don't get special treatment. It doesn't matter who you are, right? It, you earn that playing spot. I, I really, I truly believe that sports, particularly the ones that we've chosen in our lives, uh, whether it's golf or football, they're the great equalizer. There's no fake in it. Um, your truest uh, of true self is going to shine through. And you're pre- sink to the level of your preparation. And the guys who panic are, they're out of here. The guys that piss down their leg, they're out of here. The guys that blame the caddy, get the fuck out of here. Um, ciao, ciao. It's the same thing in the NFL. When you look at these guys at the top of their game, they are mental warriors. I mean, Patrick Mahomes takes a beating. He takes sacks like anybody else. He takes big hits. He, he tucks the ball away. He takes hits. People hate on him like anybody's business, like Lamar Jackson, same deal. Um, and we, we could talk about a race at the quarterback position, which is another conversation that I truly feel like is an issue. But Patrick Mahomes and the great quarterbacks and the great golfers can show up like Fitzpatrick coming in on 18 at the open, drilling it from the sand and saying, oh, yeah. I got myself in the sand, but this is, here's a Bob Rotella. I got an 80 foot putt. Oh shit. It's an 80 foot putt or what a fucking opportunity I have right here. That is exactly Barbara Tella, dude. It is. Yeah. It's, it's the number one thing that, you know, I've gotten to talk to him, been very fortunate enough to get to know him very well. But the number one thing that's interesting is he said, Jonathan, when there's a rookie or a potential first time winner on tour, just watch their routine on the last day when they're leading. It's going to completely change from the first three days because they're making that putt. It's a 10-footer on Sunday, way more important than the 10-footer on Thursday. In reality, it's the same thing. It's this, You're looking for the same result. You hear yeah. offensive line coaches say game within the game. Ryan, I don't know if you've heard this in golf, but the game within the game. I mean, it's like Andy Reid lines up with a tight end on the right, and he puts him in motion to the left after you adjust. And it's like a little – it's called window dressing in football. Um, I don't know what it looks like in golf because I'm so, I'm so green in it and I'm learning. But, uh, yeah, it's, the mental game is what draws us to it because we're all flawed and we want to kind of tweak the margins all the time. 
I think the most yeah. important thing too, um, you know, we'll get into the golf a little bit, but I think the most important thing is, you know, football is such a team sport. Golf, dude, it is just you and the golf course. Doesn't matter if you're on the Ryder Cup, if you're in the President's Cup, it's just you. Yeah, and and it's it's what that's what drew me back to the game because I was a pitcher in baseball. Um, I had tangible stats. These are the amount of times I threw strikes. These are the amount of times I walked guys. These are the amount of times that I got people looking at sliders. This is the amount of times that I hit a home run. That The only stat you have in football is win and loss. The only stat that's tangible for offensive linemen is, did he give up a sack? That's like, it. how did my def- – the we don't stand to gain anything as offensive linemen. We stand to lose. Yeah. Uh, and that's what people lose sight of. Yeah. No, that and that's that's the truth, man. And and so when you when you talk about the game within the game, you know, and and you kind of plug that into golf, it's like the game within the game is the mentality. It's like Jonathan said, that putt on 18 on Sunday is the same putt on 18 on Thursday. It's the same putt. We you talk about pressure, we as golfers when we're under quote-unquote pressure, we start to fuck up mentally. We start to think that this is more important than that. We question, you know, they say, trust your swing, trust your process. We start to question, am I set up right? I mean, you know, prime example, last summer, Jonathan and I playing in a member guest and we're in a, in a uh, playoff basically. And the same hole, the same week I used not my driver. And for whatever reason I decided, buddy, I'm gonna hit driver now. You were like, stealth. Yeah, look at that. Exactly. Out of the bag. I'm going to hit a bomb here. What happened, Ryan? Tell me about well, that driver swing. Well, what happened was I got a little bit uh, tight, and I turned a little too hard to the left, and I hit a smothered duck hook right into the freaking water. And, donation like donation. And Pep's looking at me. He's like, but you didn't fucking hit driver all week here. What are you doing? I'm like, oh, man, I don't know. I, I thought maybe this was the play. But, but again, we got to that playoff because you hit played it a certain way. Now, why are you changing? Yeah, it's, that's, that's the beauty about it, though, man, you know, comparatively speaking to team sports, which I haven't played. I played, I played ice hockey for many years. I played uh, two games of midget football. My pants fell down at the 10-yard <laughs> line. I got tackled. 45 scissors. It was a play to the four, come back scissors. to the five hole. Yeah, it was a 45, 45 scissors. scissors. And I was running, and I was running, and I got down to the 10-yard line, and my pants just fell straight down because I was kind of small. No ass, yeah. And that was it. But coach said, forget about it. You're never getting in again. I fumbled after that. It was game over. But golf, it's always been about that individual outlook. And, you know, you, you, you can be a little selfish when you frame it that way because you, you op, op, ultimately want to do what's best for you. Um, but no, so outside of football, uh, we know you had a, had a, had a career in the NFL. Would you finish up with the chiefs? Is that correct? Finished with the chiefs last year. So I got to see those guys in action, which was pretty damn cool. Having not played on a winning team prior to that, really. Yeah. That had to be a really cool experience. So, um, but we're in Chicago. How'd you like your time in Chicago? Cause it is a dynamite city, dude. I love the city. It's changed a little bit over the last couple of years, but whatever, we won't get into I that. I knew nothing about it. Um, when I got drafted there and I was sitting in the room with my family, with my brother and my dad and the rest of my family, and they were just so thrilled that I remember the first thing I heard my dad say is, that's a crown jewel franchise. And the way I think about 
um, some of those franchises, whether it be the Steelers, the Chiefs, uh, the Packers, the Bears, you, you can name them. Um, it reminds me of like what I'm explaining to my wife what's going on in golf right now, where they are, or when the Masters are on in the spring, and I say, this is a special place. Um, getting to go play at Soldier Field, getting to play against the Packers at Lambeau, getting to play the Detroit Lions on Thanksgiving and going against Ndamukong Sue um, as a 23-year-old rookie when he's at the Hall of Fame level that he was playing at in Detroit. Um, those, those are moments that shape you as from a boy to a man, or uh, they, they, can, they can crush you. And I've seen many guys get chewed up and spit out in this NFL. As you guys know, these leagues are uh, in all sports at the highest level. They are brutal. Um, but Chicago made you feel win, lose, or draw that you were appreciated if you played hard, if you played a physical brand of football, you took no shit. Um, they loved fights. They loved fights in Chicago. If there was a lull in the news, we would just wrestle it out of practice. And somehow some reporter would get wind of it and the fans would like it in the midweek. But, uh, the restaurants, the, the river walk there, like so, right along the river, then you, the, the lake in the summer is like, People don't believe this, but it looks like the Caribbean when you're flying in there. It looks a little Miami beaches, South Beach. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I love Chicago. The folks are great, and hopefully they can make that stadium massive, and they can have a hundred thousand people in there in Arlington Heights. They're talking about moving it up there where the racetrack, the Arlington uh, horse track is. So for you, I mean, playing, you know, you played against a lot of great players, but would you say Aaron Donald is probably the best defensive player that you've ever seen? Aaron Donald is as dominant a player as I've ever seen in the NFL. Uh, the only time that I was playing against him where I was healthy and he was healthy and everything matched up was his third year in St. Louis, which was his third year in the league, my fourth year in the league. I was playing tackle and he was playing defensive tackle. So he was on my inside eye. And when we would deuce block him, double, double team block between the tackle and the guard is a deuce for those of you guys who don't know. And it's run on power. The play is power. It's a double team on Aaron Donald, and we're going to take him to the linebacker, hopefully. We fucking pray that that happens. Um, <laughs> so we run power at Aaron Donald a couple times, and we get him blocked once out of maybe three plays. And, you know, he doesn't blow up the play, but, it, you know, we definitely didn't run in our gap. You know what I'm saying? Um, and after the play one time when he just stuffed, he's like a fire hydrant made of fucking steel and muscle. Uh, when you, he's low to the ground, he's shorter than you are, and he's meaner than you are, and he's in better shape, and he's got better abs than anybody on the field. Like, the guy looks like a fucking G.I. Joe. So he looks at me after one play, and he doesn't say much, right? And my brother's on that team. My brother's his veteran, right? He goes, hey, Kyle. And he gets up close, and he goes, every time you come to double me, you look down before the play. I wouldn't do that anymore. And I was like, <laughs> I got back to the huddle. And I said, Vlad, Vladimir Dukas, who's a giant Haitian man that was playing next to me. I said, number one, stop calling out what we're doing before the play. I know the play. You know the play. We don't need to talk. And then I said, and I'm going to stop looking down there. And he said, did he tell you that too? I was like, yeah. yeah. That's how good Aaron Donald is. The game's so boring that he's going to give you tips on how to beat him during That's the game. So it's almost like Michael, like the MJ stuff, you know? You're not going to beat him, and he's going to give you tips. He's going to tell you which way he's going to go, and he's going to get there. Yeah. And he's going to do it. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like Tiger-esque of back in the day, right? I mean, you you talk about 
we're, we're getting into golf a little bit right now, but you talk about Bob Rotella, and I will never forget Paul Azinger is leading a PGA Tour event going into a Sunday, and he calls Bob Rotella and says, Doc, you know, I'm leading the, the event, and on the front page of the paper is Tiger. Yeah. He's three behind me. It's me. I'm leading. What do you – well, I guess he wins. T-Dub. It's like Tiger just shows up. Back then, he showed up, and that's all you had to do. He didn't have to do it. He had the – he had probably 90% of the field beat before anybody put a tee in the ground. Yeah. And I would say that he had them beat from the time that they heard, like two touring pros heard about him or seen him in person or played with him at a junior event or whatever, like a pro-am. And they say, guys, mm-hmm. when they get back to the clubhouse in Scottsdale and they're like, guys, I was, in, I was at Stanford this weekend and there was this kid, this, this mixed Hawaiian kid, and he's fucking peppering the ball. I've never <laughs> hit the ball like him before, and he's confident. He drills his putts, you know, and people are like, I don't believe it. He's how old, yada, yada, yada. And then they see him in person, and I love those interviews with guys, and they're like, and then Tiger hit the ball. And your, your goosebumps go up because you know that kind of talent, and it's so rare. And uh, mm-hmm. Aaron Donald's one of those, LeBron James, Michael Jordan. There's, you know, Giannis, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, yeah. Just freaks of nature. It's impressive you said that, bud. Freaks of nature. Impressive you got that name. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Well, I can't do it. You know, kind of a good segue for this because now post NFL career, you're obviously yeah. loving golf, which we're going to continue to talk about. You, you're a man's fucking man, dude. I love it. I could, I think I could sit in a cabin with you and talk about golf, fishing, and maybe a couple of beers or bourbons. We've, uh, we, we've been known to get down like that around here. So if yeah, you ever want to do that. You- yeah, yeah, especially in Montana. But CBS Sports, yep. what's going on? Grew up having a dad that did broadcasting after football and kind of laid the, the foundation for what it's supposed to look like. Um, and the roadmap's there, and I'm kind of doing uh, my due diligence. And I, I didn't go to – I don't have a degree from university and this stuff, so it's kind of on-the-job experience. And hopefully people uh, can appreciate authenticity. And CBS Sports gave me an opportunity when I first retired – to represent myself on their show. I had a blast doing it. And then I obviously went back and played last year after doing the media for a year. I'll pick back up where I left off, same seat. And uh, I mean, I'm, I'm so excited. I'm on there with Jonathan Jones. Deb Gelman is our producer and she's the best in, in show business. She does the NBA, she does all that stuff. Adam Shine is our host, Amy Trask. You know, is, she used to run the Raiders when, in their heyday. Uh, and, and London Fletcher was on there last year one of the goats at the linebacker position. He's going to be doing the commander's football games this year, which is a dream of his. Uh, he's, he was a, a football player on the R word football team for a, a very long time. The R word. Well, <laughs> I don't want to dead name them because, you know, honestly it is, I, I do agree that the name is ignorant and he was on the Commanders yeah. prior to them being the commanders. He was right. a yeah. Mr. Commander. Um, and he's a, he's a pro in studio and he helped me out in the transition that he experienced. But I was lucky enough to play him in 2013. My rookie year was his last year. And, yeah, he's an Ironman. So for you, like, when you're doing this stuff for CBS, are you are you nervous? I get a little bit nervous. Like, you, the only time I get nervous is uh, – Like, you're nervous right now, I can tell. Yeah, so, like, are you nervous on CBS? Well, when you're sitting there at the desk and they're telling you to talk about football, like, if I were to ask you to give me your thoughts, okay, you got 30 seconds to tell me what you thought about Max Homa this week. And then you're like, yeah. great, easy. Like, fuck. Yeah. Tell me when 30 right. seconds is up, all right? Yeah. <laughs> and that's work. 
that's my job. It's natural for you, though. Yeah, it's natural. And I want to try to make people laugh, and I want to make people look at football a different way. There's a ton of receivers, quarterbacks, head coaches who are talking heads. There's not many offensive linemen that present well, their, themselves well. Look, well. look what uh, we had, you know, our buddy uh, Colt Nost. I mean, he was on a podcast. Obviously, yeah. he has Subpar, which is an awesome podcast. But, I mean, look what CBS did with him. They said, hey, bud, how about you, you know, you're not – you hit a four iron 200 yards how about you come over and talk about it a little bit like you know and he has done tremendous for cbs sports i I love i love hearing him talk because he know you know someone like you you played the game you understand the game for someone to just be a broadcaster or talk sports yeah they may have the background knowledge they may have the history of it whatever they may have watched it since they were 12 but when's you know yeah, it's it's a different When's story. The last when time you played the up. game, bud. Yeah, and it's the same thing with uh, being coached in the NFL. And it's a change of subject here a little bit, but it's you know the, a cousin to this conversation is when I'm being coached in the NFL. Is it a guy that played in the NFL that's coaching me, or is it a guy that really understands X's and O's that never wore a helmet? Yeah, and that's two ways of receiving coaching for me. I grew up in the house with a guy wearing a gold jacket who's right down the hallway. And he knows the ins and outs of how to beat an offensive lineman. He knows the ins and outs of how to piss a defensive lineman off, which is what I used against my competition. Now, if I have a coach who's an X's and O's guy, yes, I'm going to receive coaching, but it's going to be through a different set of mm-hmm. – we've got a different set of rules we're playing by here. There's a certain way you can talk to me. There's a certain way I can talk to you. Yeah, right. Um, same goes with broadcasting. And Dale Earnhardt Jr. does it at an extremely yeah. high level. He went to the booth. He's incredible. He was done. And he makes a guy like me who knows not a lot about NASCAR but who enjoys it have a great time. And he's energetic, and he brings uh, the every the every man to the, the racetrack. Yeah. So so for you, again, um, we're, we're talking about the commentating side of it. You know, Tony Romo, who I really enjoy because I'm not a – I couldn't sit here and tell you what play they're going to run in the NFL, but if we're watching the NHL, I can tell you kind of a little bit more about the game and, and, and a little more – I'm a little more educated in the hockey, the game of hockey than I am on NFL. So for Tony Romo to be pointing out what play they're going to run, I think it's so cool and he nails it. But a lot of people get upset because they're like, well, you're ruining it for us. You're kind of taking a little bit out of the game for us. They're showing the car. They're kind of showing behind the the right. I, I and that's kind of that. like we we get it. You're a genius, but and I think I love Tony Romo. I would give my left. Incredible. I would give my left nut to have his what the talent he has in his pinky finger in the booth. He's incredible. Yeah. Uh, but I will say, players like to make fun of him in a in a tongue in cheek manner about it, where it's like. We all kind of see that. And you were at practice on Friday and Saturday. <laughs> oh, okay. We only have so many plays that we were running it. Right. All of them. Now, that's some that's some real pulling the veil back shit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Chris Collinsworth comes to watch practice on Friday, and he comes to watch practice on Saturday. And he watches the plays that we run. And he has a media pass. There's six people out in there. You know, him, his, his partner – and uh, the producers, maybe, and a security guard, right? So, and then the team that they're watching. So he has inside information. Now he can't say that stuff in the pregame. He can't say that stuff, you know, when they're in stretches because that that could be operational security. But he's going to do it during the game. He's going to flex his intellectuals a bit, and it's awesome to watch. No, it is. It is. I like it. I like it. I also like watching Tony Romo play golf. He's I mean, really good. The cat. He has He's tried. How many times good. has he tried to get into the U.S. Open? And he makes and it, it like 
the, he makes it like one level past the, the qualifier. Yeah. Like, that cat uh, this year, and we'll get into it because I saw you were at the U.S. Open, but uh, oh man, who was the receiver that? Danny Wood, uh, West uh, Woodhead. Woodhead. Yeah, he got through. Yeah, he's uh, two. He made it to the semi. He made it to like the last qualifier. Yeah. And, and but that's what people don't understand. You you realize how good these guys are. The, the PGA Tour players. We're gonna get into golf now, but the PGA Tour players are so freaking good. It's not even funny, dude. I mean, a lot of I'd say a lot of amateurs, good amateurs can can semi hang from driver to five iron, driver to six iron. When you get into your seven iron, eight iron, nine iron wedge sandwich with these tour players, that's where it's over. Yeah. You can't hang with them. It's pre- oh. it's the pre- it's the precision, man. It's the difference between hitting a quarter. It's the difference between a quarterback making a long throw to a receiver and having him catch it, and the difference between him catching it on the run with 60 yards ahead of him like they can yeah. maximize their opportunities you watch those freaky guys like you watch the creativity antonio brown yeah you, you watch a creativity of a guy like phil mickelson around the greens or like i'll watch old sevy clips uh i, I had a buddy in golf that was like you need to watch sevy balesteros you need to watch sevy balesteros you watch these guys and you're like they are artists or dustin johnson going left-handed these are feats of athleticism that we can't even begin to comprehend unless we spend thousands of hours trying to play the game of golf. Seve Ballesteros could get up and down from a garbage can. Yeah. Like, did you? Uh, there's a, my favorite Seve Ballesteros story is at the Augusta back in the day. Um, there he's in the media center, and they said, Seve, how did you four putt? You know, whatever green it was, and he said, I miss, I miss, I miss, I make. And it was just like, like is that that was it? Thank you, right? Thank you, Sevi, for your time. Yeah, <laughs> thank you, thank you very much for your time, Sevi. <laughs> you have fulfilled your requirement. Was he kind of a smug guy? Did he kind of have the? They said back in the day, Sevi was, and rest in peace, bud. But you know, you're you have a five footer, and you hear a change jingling in his pocket, like he's uh, he was playing some the game. The, the game was in the game. He's playing some brother. games. With you, you know, jiggle the change a little bit, or you know, cough at the, an improper time. You know, tight. He was known for that. They said, but so pause. again, he was so damn good. If you watch Seve Ballesteros back in the day at Shell Houston Open, like or the um, Shell's Wonderful World of Golf, dude, he would miss greens by twenty yards and get up and down. It's He'd be just, like, "That's par. Don't worry about it." Yeah, I'll, I'll let's get, get on to the next one. Yeah, I just don't understand. I, I just. You stand over a ball, you shoot 107, and you're like, I got that club in my bag. You turn around, you get the club out, and you stand over the ball, and, you're, and then you're like, swing thoughts. Or you're like, I want to compress it. Do I want to compress it? No, I'd like to get this one in the air. Do I want to have a cut to it? No, I'm not good enough to try to make a cut. I'm not going to finish with high hands. Why would I do that? Like, these are the things that go through. Because we're at, like, all of us on this call are athletic to do it. We're not, I'm not good enough to do it every time. I'm not good enough to do it half the time. Why would I even think? You know, that's the thing about golf. It's beautiful. Where did your love of golf come from? When I retired, I just I dealt with an immense amount of. I got injured a lot at the end, uh, out of my control. You know, I got plates in my leg. I broke my neck. I got played in there. Two torn shoulders. Broke but your one neck. Thing I, one thing I can do is swing a fucking club. That's right. I can, I can like I I can activate my left glute and I can you know be delicate with my hands and. I like to do that every day, and I like competing with myself. And to your point earlier, it's it's a one-man game. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I haven't had that in a, a long time. And I was kind of yearning for that when I got away from baseball and pitching. And it's kind of been real cathartic to get back into golf. And now that I'm playing and having fun with it, I want to get better and better and better. And I, I made a GHIN app uh, thing, yeah, and I, yeah. I've been submitting my scores and taking it seriously. And uh, I'm just I'm trying to break 80 currently. I, I've been in the neighborhood a lot, and uh, I got these new clubs yesterday. You start thinking about it though. Yeah, yeah I got the new clubs. I'm thinking there's 76 written on those clubs. Or what's What's up with those new clubs? I, I can see them kind of. You got the Taylor Made Stealth. So I got the the Taylor Made P790s. Oh dear God! And I got some. What are these called? Uh, ferals. Ferals. I got some custom ferals for my Project X. Oh. It's a hold on. I think it's the DJ shaft on my driver too. Hold on. It's the Project X 6.5 loading. 125s. It's steel, but it looks like graphite. But what kind of grips are you using? Oh, yeah, I got a, like a tennis racket. Got jumbo match, jumbo max grips for uh, for me. I have, holy hell! And you're a lefty. Yeah, I'm a left-hander. So you and you and Mickelson, man, you guys and. So, so what's your go-to shot on the course? My my go-to. He's just trying shot. to fucking break eighty. You I, think I, he knows I what is good? I, I love, no, he's got to have a go-to. I love putting. I really do. Okay, I, I try to get out of there like two putts if i have two three putts on the day then i'm pretty frustrated my leaves are usually left and right now my miss is slice instead of a cut i play a natural cut and i enjoy it with the mid irons but when i get to the five six iron spot sometimes i can get real banana slicey but the 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 wedges is where i feel like i'm probably strongest I like to flight wedges. I compress the ball, yeah. and the ball stops when it lands, usually, and it zips to the left a little bit. Oh, my God. That's, I love it. Sounds fun. We, got, we got 76. I mean, you got back. Yellowstone Club We need to, up, We man. need to play. I would love to play. I'm going to do, hopefully, I'm going to uh, uh, acquire the technology to record around and have a tripod and, and really record it because I would like to see what – I would like people to see what my 83 looks like because there's a lot of scrambling and there's a lot of freaky stuff happening to get to 83, um, as you well, guys can imagine. Well, you got – so your index was 15. You're down to 11. So you're yep. trending in the right direction. And obviously, you love putting. That's one area to start saving some strokes, putting around the green and not blowing it in your case, left. because that's Off the tee is my biggest issue yeah. right now. And I just got a driver. I haven't used a driver until I bought this one. And I'm getting comfortable with it. And I find more if I use a baseball swing and stay more shallow. You know, my, my miss is an over-the-top snap hook because I get strong and quick from the top, really quick from the top. And when I just try to be smooth and think of it as a tennis stroke, you know, up, down, and slotted, up, down, and slotted as opposed to up. It's got to hit that slot. Up and Yeah, um, steep. That ain't going to work. I've been steep, and I get steep and quick more often with my driver than other clubs. So you hit it high on the face at all? Like, high on the face is in, like, straight up? Yeah, like. No, like, just when you hit the driver, are you hitting high on that face, or is it a little lower on the face? Um, I'm, probably, I'm probably smothering it. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, you, so you got a little low ball flight. Low, like low, and when I hit it proper, the ball goes right edge of the fairway to the left edge of the, the 
fringe of the fairway, and it fly. If it can fly, really, it's a it's a it's a pretty one when I get it right. So you and your boys, I'm sure at some point you have or you're going to um, go on a golf trip. Yeah. And and like women don't get it. I'm sorry to the women out there. Okay, but the women they they have this like. I don't know. I this, want no parts of this. This thought of, you're going on a golf trip. What are you doing? Golfing. Well, what are you going to do after golf? Talk about golf. Probably eat, drink, <laughs> and talk about our rounds. Yeah. And then it's like, and then and then what? Bedtime. Going golfing the next day. Like, yeah. we plan these three or four day trips. And I tell people, it's like, dude, we go. We want to play really good golf courses. We want to have good it's number one. You want to have good people in your group. We're headed to Ireland on Friday. Wow! With, with eleven myself plus eleven other good people. Pep's coming. I throw him in the bag. But we want to have good people, and that's it, man. It's like the experience of playing golf in different places, different courses. You're hooked now. I know you're hooked now because I could I could feel it. But as you continue on this path of being more hooked, you're you're gonna realize that golf is just is. It's unlike anything else. I mean, have you played Yellowstone Club before? No, I've never been. And we've been coming to Flathead Lake for my whole life. And it's a six-hour drive. So, And I've, I've never played it either. But I've, I've seen photos. Jonathan. Um, my parents played yeah, it. Yeah, his parents played it. I mean, dude. They snuck on. You, you got, make sure you send, send us a picture. It's huh? it's, I heard it's funny business. You know, it's like it's, it's a crazy town. Dude, oh. they say the, the snack shop's the nicest house you'll ever see. Comfort, <laughs> like, comfort station. The comfort station, yeah. Sorry, not snack we shop. Did a, we actually, Ryan, we did a, a golf trip last year. So my folks live in Arizona, in northern mm-hmm. Scottsdale, in a golf community. And Mahomes and all those guys were out there playing. They take golf trips. You know, They go to the Masters. They play in the Tahoe tournament. They said, hey, Kyle, we've got, you know, six seven days of golf and we know you're down the street would you like to come join us and that was my first golf trip albeit it was a it was a a day trip and then i'd go stay with my wife and uh, my family but we would go play golf all day and to your point if you have a great group it's priceless doesn't matter what you shoot you'll remember the guys you played with and the laughs you had you won't remember what's said um but to your point, I, I need to get as many golf trips on the books as possible. Well, we I tell you what, Jonathan, that's a guy that knows all about golf trips, where to go, especially in the Pinehurst area. I have obviously oh, dude. We'll, we'll we'll line that one up. Yeah. We'll meet you there in the spring, twenty three. So we're sitting here now talking with Kyle Long for you listening, check him out on Instagram, Kyle Long seventy five. I want to hear a little bit about this green light pod. Okay. Uh, I like I like what you guys are putting out. That's something that we here on Chasing Birdies are working towards better content. Uh, I think our product is great in terms of what we deliver to the audience, but in terms of aesthetically looking, I like what you guys are doing. I want to know a little bit more about that. What's going well, I, on with that? I appreciate it. It's uh, it's my older brother's brainchild. He's he's a University of Virginia guy, really bright, understands marketing, understands people. He's been, you know, like you guys, I'm sure he's heavy, 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 heavy charitable dude. I mean, he's given up his contracts to charities before, and he wanted to do something that he could make money on. And yeah. he said, look, I love 
having opinions. I love Twitter. I love Instagram. I'd love to find a way to consolidate it and have my own media company. So he started Chalk Media and the Greenlight Podcast came of it. And he's had, you know, his friends on there from growing up, like you guys know each other well. You, you can finish each other's sentences. That's him and his buddies on there. Yeah. When I got out of the league, he, you know, he threw me a bone and said, would you like to come along with the team? So it's, it's the Greenlight Podcast with Chris Long is the name of it. Um, and uh, Kyle Long, that's me. I'm also featured on there. Yeah. Uh, but it's his deal, and it's awesome. He works tirelessly. It's his. I mean, he's the boss. You guys understand it. If you want to get content out there, you have to do it. You have to shoot it. You have to edit it. You have to save it, whatever. Um, and to your point, you have to overlay it with your own graphics and shit, which is just nutty to me. It's 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 a challenge. I mean, you know, looking at what Dave Portnoy did with Barstool, I mean, the guy's an absolute genius. Ridiculous. And it all started with that, the content. It's crazy. Content, content, it's crazy. Content. He's, the blue, he's, he's really the blueprint, right, for you know grabbing the bull by the balls and saying, I'm going to ride this thing out. There's going to be storms. There's going to be sunny days. And at the end of it, I'm going to be sitting in Nantucket uh, uploading pizza reviews in my kitchen. Uh, yeah. Not a bad the gig, boys. Show. Not a bad gig. we got to get him bag. golfing. Does he golf? Oh. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, I saw that he – Last summer, what is it? Every U.S. Open, he like goes. They allow him to go out there, and he has unlimited mulligans to see what his best score is. It's hilarious, dude. I need to watch. And that. his caddy's the his caddy's that little midget. Oh my! <laughs> so you'll see him. Easy, bud. You'll see the midget out there. Uh, uh, is Zay Zay is his name? Yes. So yes, Zay is a very good Twitter follow. If you guys don't follow him on Twitter, he's hilarious, and I love that Barstool finds a place for everybody. Um, <laughs> Everybody. They have the units there uh, with, you know, Coach Duggs um, and Frank, and they're just like Mets fans living in the city, going to games, enjoying life. And people want to see what their day-to-day is like. I'm like, what would Frank be like at a Mets game? And they're like, well, we got a camera on him today. That's the shit, that's the shit that people want to see, us being authentic. Um, yeah. And, and that's the beauty of it. And that's why I was excited to do this, because I know you guys are boys, and um, it's the same type of deal that we're all trying to get done, right? Yeah, exactly. No, yeah. It, what makes the world go around. So you, you were at the U.S. Open yeah. um, at the country club. And were you there for the weekend? Were you there for the couple of days early? What? How was, I was it? My boy, who's scratch, shout out to Mickey White. <laughs> he's Dormy Network. Oh, Oh, yeah. he's, he's a stud. I grew up playing Little League with him. He was a Virginia Tech baseball player. And he's an absolute stick. He's a dead ringer for Dustin Johnson. Looks exactly like the guy. <laughs> his, his move is very athletic and, like, through his core, like, he's bent over the ball. You know what I mean? Yeah. He said, Kyle, he's an organizer. So he was like, let's – a planner. He's like, let's go up to the to Brookline. And I was like, where's Brookline? And he was like, it's in Boston. <laughs> I said, great. I said, we'll drive. Whose car are we taking? And um, he was up there for work. I drove up there, dropped my wife and the baby off in New Jersey at her place. They're from the Jersey Shore. So I dropped them off and then made my way another six hours up to Boston. And uh, we had four days at the course. I mean, it was Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Oh, I watched Ron blow up on coming in on 18. I watched, uh, you know, those two guys duke it out until the end. Um, and we were sitting at the clubhouse. We were sitting right inside the clubhouse. Like, I don't know how we got – I'm not going to throw anybody under the bus, but somebody gave us the member passes, and we were in there, uh, you know, chucking them back there at the old country club. I got a couple hats. I got a, you know, I got a bag of 
bag towel that I fly now. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a golf fan now, guys. I'm you, golf now. I'm telling you what, I didn't man. Piss anybody off either? That was huge. That no was fights. Huge. That, well, I, I'd like to think that you'll, you'll be all right if you did piss anybody off. No, but I'm like, I mean, but if I said something, you, you'd throw me through the air. People like I didn't, I didn't yeah. have anybody say, "Hey, down in front," or like, "Shut the fuck up," you know. I'd or, like to see that person say that. To it was you, good. Though. It was good. <laughs> So you're obviously a big golf fan. Now. Yeah. I mean, you're going to the U.S. Open, which is awesome to see that in person. And the finish was incredible. I wanted Zalatoris to kind mm-hmm. of win. But I'm glad for the Betonardi boys to, to get a win. What's your whole take on this? You being a former NFL player and the best at, at your position, what's your take on the live tour? Um, I think that each person making a decision on joining or not joining – has thought it out in their own circumstances and talked about it with their families and weighed the positives and negatives. Uh, I would never say I don't support somebody going to make more money doing what they do professionally. I will never say that. What I will say is I may respect the guys who have turned down bigger money to leave the legacy that they sought out to to leave when they first started playing. Um, guys who are, you know, purists and look, I'm all about breaking up monopolies, but I don't know if that's what we're looking at with the PGA tour. Obviously there's other leagues you can play in, but there aren't any that are providing for life-changing opportunities for these players. And that's why I look at the live tour as, and it looks like a lot of fun. And I, I would be lying if I said I wouldn't take the money and go play in the live tour myself particularly if I'm not in contention to win the FedEx Cup, if I'm not in contention to win the majors, if I'm not in contention to be in the Ryder Cup, you know, whatever the starting lineup is. I just want to make the money. I, I don't want to foot the bill for travel every week and then get cut and then show up. Home. There you go. People don't understand that. I'd show up home without money in my pocket. There's guys and gals who work other jobs that are golfing, right? Yeah. They're teaching programs. Right. They're like – there's other shit going on here, you know. There's more yeah. at stake than your morals as a fan. Yeah. No. I really, I really think about it on that Twitter. If you're bitching about it on Twitter, take a look in the mirror because uh, I think they own part of Twitter too. Yeah, they probably. Well, do. I think that it'd be really cool if Liv took it a step further. I said this before in a previous podcast, but I think it'd be badass if you know for TV coverage. Let the guys wear shorts and their shirts untucked. Let them smoke cigarettes mm-hmm. or cigars. Let them chew. Off. Let them let them play music in their cart and have a, a camera in there. Let, let's see what they're really like. Okay, when Charles because Parker we all know he's doing the Tiger Woods and Tom Brady shit, where it's like, or when he says Josh Allen, exactly. you really be stroking that thing, Josh and Pat Mahomes goes, "Hey now, like we <laughs> yeah. want to like, hear, like a, we want to hear that." Yeah, the chirps. Yep. Chirps. I want to see the game within the game. Yeah. In 4K. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's it, man. I I'm mixed on it as well. I, I, I not to get into it, but you know, it's I see I see both sides. Let's put you that way. I, mean, I think I there's see- there's horrible things going on all over the world. Every one of us is trying to make the world a better place. I can promise you that. And none of us want to hurt anybody. I will support players taking their their bags and going elsewhere but i i will also say kudos to the guys that are staying with the tour and saying we yeah. are the tour yep you know mm-hmm. yep what's your- i'd love to see that offer tiger got though oh my god 
What do you think that was? Three quarters of a million? No. I mean, a billion? Yeah, yeah, 750. Maybe six. They said it. They said it was a high number that he declined. Hey, I mean, he's got he. he we, a lot of people talk about fuck you money. He's, he's got fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, What's, fuck you. Yeah, <laughs> he's got that. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh no. And I, okay, um, can we talk about his kid, Charlie? Well, yeah, when you but he'd beat me. He'd beat me nine and eight in eighteen holes. That's really? the next. It's good. He, so, oh, I thought you said he did beat you. No, he would beat. God, I mean, he is like a he's tiger spit him out of his mouth. He's right out. Tiger. He spit him out of. His How mouth. about when he follows through? He follows through and he goes. It's like, yeah. all right, dude. All right. It's okay. I mean, that sperm cell grew into that, and it's a little mini walking Tiger Woods. Yeah. And he he will be the next movement in golf to some degree. There's yep. no doubt about it. I mean, I'm looking here. forward to seeing it. Yeah, who are the next? Who are the next guys that are going to show up and we're going to go? Oh shit, we got to watch on Sunday. Like, you know, which guy is going to get the me six months ago off the couch or on the couch to watch them? You know, who is good for golf in that way? Who, who would you guys say? Um, I love Max Homa yeah. uh, and Griner. I love those guys. He's just a good personality. I think Max Homa is good for for your social media and all that, but. I mean, I have a really good feeling about Rory, Rory yep. McIlroy, as of lately. I feel like he's starting to get that swagger back. He's starting to play really good. And when Rory's involved, when Jordan Spieth's involved, I'll tell you a guy that I feel like golf's really missing right now is Ricky Fowler. It's like, but things change. People don't get that. You know, you get married. You, you have a child. Now all of a sudden you're not at the range for nine hours. You got responsibilities in life. Things change when he gets back into the, you know, have a routine with his son and, and or daughter and, and wife. Uh, I feel like Ricky will be back, but I'm really hoping Rory because Rory can move that needle. Talk about another freak athlete offspring is Ricky Fowler and Allison. Um, yeah, like, Stoica. She's, she's a pole vaulter, right? Like, you know, you want to talk about a kid who's going to hit driver well? Just explosive hips. Uh, that's, I mean, that's the type of athlete you talk about when you're like, all right, who, like, how am I going to find a way to improve on my skill set? Like, my wife, incredible at free throws in basketball. I could never shoot free throws. So I know that my daughter, who's 15 weeks old, is going to be a fucking beast in the paint, and then she's going to make that and one. And she's going to yeah. talk to the whole way back down the court. You know, like, as an athlete, these are the things I think about. <laughs> right. <laughs> and how do you train her for that? Like, honey, you just got you you just got to talk shit. Well, you, you, you my, it didn't to. happen for me until I was seventeen. You know, my I told my dad when I was sixteen I want to play football. My younger brother was slotted to become the varsity quarterback. I said, Dad, I want to play football, and he said, Football's not for everybody. Um, and that was his way of calling me a pussy, right? Um, but he's a very nice guy and a great dad, and he did what was right for me at the time. He said, Look. You have to want to do it. I don't want, you know, you, it's not, nobody else has to want to do it but you. And that's kind of the same thing. Like with my kids, you got to let them just, you got to let things happen. They have, everybody's their own person. And uh, when I was 17, I remember walking in the door from practice one day and I was like, I, I had become a man. Like I walked into the house and it was like, that was a man that just walked in the house. And that happened on the football field and it happened through experiences with people, ups and downs fights and laughs and that's the beauty of sports that's why we're all sitting here today that's it man amen to that and and again i've never 
other than once in my life, walked on a football field. He's never walked on a football field. And here we are today talking about golf and life. Common and ground, right? That's it, baby. Yeah. And, and I mean, what sport can you play for your whole life with your kids? Golf, that's it. And pickleball, I'm finding. that There's a lot of old folks. Pickleball is a big – yeah, I see the T-shirts, tickle my pickle. Let me I ask like you her. something real quick before we transition into the uh, tapping segment. You know, we're, we're – you could call it a Pittsburgh-based podcast, although I am in West Virginia. We have a lot of fans in Pittsburgh. They love it. What's your thoughts on Kenny Pickett? Oh, man. I think you guys know that I'm a dear friend of Mitch Trubisky. Oh, yeah, that's right. So there I, it is. I will tell you this, though. I think that out of all the quarterbacks that were drafted this year, Kenny Pickett is the most NFL-ready. With that being said, Mitch Trubisky, I think, should win the job handily, and the people of Pittsburgh will – be chanting Mitch's name um, in no time. I love the kid. I think he's one of the toughest uh, competitors I've played with. I saw him in Chicago Yeah, as a pro bowler. I mean, he, he took us damn near to the uh, NFC Championship. We lost on a missed field goal. Uh, they say his time with Josh Allen was tremendous. Yeah, um, and you, you take from a guy like that, right? He, he's yeah. not a guy that's going to get – relegated to the backup position and go to Buffalo. He was a first-round pick in Chicago, bro. Top five pick. Yeah. He gets, rele- he gets run out of fucking town, goes to Buffalo. He's the backup. And instead of cowering and wilting, he is positive and shows up every day. And he's like, I'm going to learn behind an MVP candidate. I'm going to take the tutelage of an offensive coordinator who has led the offense to be astronomically good the last five years. And I'm going to get my opportunity. He waited. He waited. He waited. Pittsburgh signed him. And then another opportunity came, an opportunity for him to sulk when they drafted Kenny Pickett. And I know Mitch, and he didn't do that. He can't wait to meet Kenny Pickett. He can't wait to teach him how to do the things the right way because that's the guy Mitch is, and that's what Pittsburgh's getting. What's the new stadium called? What's the new stadium called? Oh, but we're not even getting into that. When they're at Heinz Field Field. this year, Mitch Trubisky is going to be at the helm. But if anything to happen – if anything's to happen to Mitch, your guy Kenny Pickett will be ready to roll. Yeah. No, and that's kind of been the, the talk around town is that Trubisky Trubisky's going to take it. But, you know, you just always wonder, especially with Pickett being at his age, he is, you know, uh, a little bit older coming out of the draft class. But, hey, I like an underdog, and I'm not saying Trubisky's an underdog, but I, I, I like to see him in this new chance, this new position – uh, leading at the helm and, and running with it. So, um, I think see he what will happens. embrace it as an underdog, though, Ryan. I think he will take it as like, I'm an underdog. Yeah. I, was a fourth, I was the number four pick, but I'm the fucking underdog. Like, that's the mentality you have to have. I can promise you Tiger has that mentality. Oh, yeah. the, who was leading by three strokes going into Sunday and it was pissed because he was Tiger. I was on the front. Zinger. I can promise you Tiger was like, I may be on the front, but I'm losing. I'm the underdog. Yeah. I can You're promise probably- you that. You're 100% right. And this episode is going to air after the Open Championship, but I want to know who you got right now pegged as the winner. Uh, I think a, a guy playing in the, uh, the the match of his life or the, the flight of his life, Max Holm was playing with Tiger Woods, right? Something special has to have. It's a Disney movie. He tweeted about it in 2013, right? He said, I just, he said, I just won the NCAAs. I was an All-American, and I won the Amateur Championship. Will you play with me at Tiger Woods? Hashtag goat. Hashtag anything could happen. And now, you know, oh, yeah. ten years later, nine years later, he's playing with him. 
That's going to be cool. I think 18, 19 under is going to win. If, if the wind doesn't blow there, somebody might shoot 59. That's wild. Because the flag wasn't moving today when I was watching. You, hear, you heard it here. Chasing birdies. Uh, we'll know soon 59. enough, guys. Tiger, Tiger could do it, though, there. I mean, buddy, he can barely walk. Well, That's true. I don't know. Better than, mo- better than most. Tiger yeah. Works. Definitely. All right, Jim. We're going to... Uh, we're going to roll this into the last segment here. Tap in segment brought to everyone by Betnardi Golf. And Jonathan's going to ask you some questions here, Kyle, that uh, give us your answer. All right. What music do you listen to on the golf course? Country music. Riley Green right now, a lot. Oh, Sturgill man. Simpson. He might be. We forgot to he talk. He might be the sexiest man alive. I'm a big Sturgill guy. Oh, Sturgill. I mean, Riley Green is. Have you guys heard it? He's the hell of a way to go. Yes. Okay. Great song. Dude, he's he's so good. Big Riley Green. Great. Favorite interview that you've given on Green Light? Favorite interview that I've given on Green Light. Ooh. We did Will Compton a few weeks back, which was fun. I didn't get to conduct the interview, but just sitting in on Will Compton for awesome mm-hmm. with the boys. He is on a tear right now on social media and with his podcast. You should give them a follow too. Yeah. That's All right. Well. I, I hope this que- this answer changes in a few weeks for you. But lowest round and where? Lowest round was eighty one, and I did it at the Polson Bay Golf Club um, from the tips. And the lowest round, not at a Muni, was at the Foundry in Powhatan, Virginia. I shot an eighty three. Awesome. Hell yeah! All right, and the, and the podcast is called Chasing Birdies, so we're all chasing birdies. So what are you chasing? Right now, I'm just chasing. Uh, enjoyment of the passage of time really and right now i find that the most when my daughter wakes up in the morning and she smiles and blows bubbles and laughs at me yeah when i get the green light to go to the golf course and i get the 7 a.m tea time and i'm out there and there's dew on the ground and the course changes by hole 10 and i gotta start hitting the putts a little softer and deadening up the hands around the green yeah um i love the morning golf really i I really do when you can break the windbreaker out um in the summer it's nice all right that's it hey that's the tap-in segment you're talking country music you know and jonathan can tell you a little bit but i mean we've had we need we've had a good yeah we've had a good bit of country singers josh miranda colt ford george burge matt stell all those boys man all wired in with Chase and Birdies. We got a little show going on up here next month at Nemecolon Resort outside of Pittsburgh. Five star resort. Your wife would love it. Okay. And Colt's coming up. From you guys. Yeah, jo- I'll, 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 we'll email him over to you. Great. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be a good time. But uh, we thank you, man. We, for- we have to go play sometime, man. This is. Uh, Let's do it. And again, yeah. this, this is Kyle Long on Chase and Birdies. And we're all doing that, aren't we? That's that's exactly right, Kyle. That's right, man. Thanks so much for joining us. Buddy, have you ever uh, you ever played Yellowstone Club? Never. My parents have. Got them on there a couple years ago. They loved it. Uh, the the it's not even a snack shack. What do they call them? Comfort stations. They have. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Kyle was throwing down some beers there, and at the member guest that he had this past weekend. I hope he did well, man. We haven't talked to him yet. Yeah, we got to check in with him and see how the old Kyle Long did over at the Yellowstone Club member guest. But overall, dude, I mean, you know, you know how golf is. Even if you're not a golfer, once you get a little taste of it, you are hooked. Addicted. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's crack, right? It's that's what they call it over here in Ireland, the crack, right? You're having a good time. Yeah. He's not doing that. He's figuratively having fun. And uh, he's addicted. He got all those new tailor-made yeah. sticks, bud. He's and he looks I mean, the grip looks as big as you, bud. I mean, his grip looks like yeah. it could be yeah, you. Yeah, bud. Yeah, fitting his oh. bag, I know. Well, anyways, that goes for um, a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but Again, we got a couple more rounds here in Ireland, and I can't wait to do it with you, bud. I mean, and, and make sure you go check it out uh, at chasingbirdies.com. New hats, new holders and boring quarter zip, golf polos, some T-shirts. Go get it. Support us. Tell a friend. Be your friend. And if you don't like us, it's, that's fine. Just, just tell people about us. That's all we care about. Spread the word a little bit. Chasingbirdies.com. Appreciate it. So... Yeah, no, we'll, we'll try to keep uh, putting out some content here from our trip in Ireland with the boys. Uh, we've had a great couple of days here so far, and um, we're not done yet. Uh, still a lot more fun to be had and a lot more bogeys to be chased. And hopefully we get the birdie counts up, huh? I mean, today, There's how many birdies do you have today? I had one, bud. I know, bud. How about you? Yeah, no, no doubt I had one. But uh, stay tuned for the next episode drop, people. It'll be now into August, and that means that we're a little bit closer to the uh, the big event up at Nemecolon. Uh, we got the boys coming up there for a little bit of golf, a little bit of music, bring the family, bring the kids. It'll be a great time. We get to hang out and, you know, I don't know. What else are we going to do? Drink a few beers, smoke a few cigars, hit a few golf balls, strum a few guitars. That's right, man. That's right. Well, listen, bud, I'll tell you what, I'm a little thirsty for a Guinness. How about you? I'm thirsty, so let's meet in the pub. Hey, lad. That sounds good, lad. Hey, thank you all for listening to this episode of Chasing Birdies. Head on over to Instagram, chasing underscore birdies, chasingbirdies.com for some good swag. And thank you for all the support thus far. Thank you to Evo and your team putting this together. Rachel London and Jacqueline for putting all this good stuff out there on social media, TikTok. We'll catch you all on the flip side. Ciao, ciao.